one season Two bathtub Ohio bathtub season Two best friends No clothing Confusing bathtub season It's bathtub season It's bathtub season It's bathtub season Hello, Austin. Welcome, welcome to bathtub season. It's a, it's nice and warm and and bubbly in here. You want to come on in? I think I just might. Oh, okay. I don't know where I'm going with this bit. I just thought it'd be fun to start this way. Uh, no one's ever said yes before. <laughs> I never expected to get this far. Also, I think my sexy voice is accidentally my NPR voice. Are you trying to say that NPR isn't sexy? To the right person it isn't, or it is. We may have just unlocked somebody's deep kink that they didn't know they had. So welcome. Welcome, show us your NPR kinks. We're here for them. Well, don't, you don't have to show them. Don't tag us in them or anything. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe. We'll, we'll talk. Don't tag me in them. <laughs> You're the NPR voice. We need you. I have a baby. <laughs> you also have a promising job at a phone sex line for people who like NPR. I think, you know what? I'll explore any avenue. I'm not going to yuck any yums. That's what I'm saying, man. Rocco's modern life. This could be you. It could be you. Understand? It could be me. Or I guess it could also be like a late night, like radio dj like welcome to 1044 the vibe (laughs) the tub the tub our show (laughs) sink in for a soak (laughs) take it (laughs) you take it next up we've got john denver and ronnie james dio we are together station together (laughs) at last (laughs) i've always wanted ronnie james denver (laughs) <laughs> this idea was a good one after all <laughs> oh boy we're going to the big leagues we are on 104.4 the tub <laughs> i mean tub thumping every hour on the hour clearly <laughs> That's, it's like old catholic chimes but instead of the bells ringing it's tub thumping I get no- and yeah and then you pray you get on your knees and you say the forgotten chant the word of god chumba wumba Chumba Wumba. <laughs> That's poetry, man. Fucking poetry. Would you believe that I'll be sober for six months on Tuesday? Because it doesn't sound like it. Speaking of, did you make yourself a drink or open a drink? Or are you having a beverage? I am beveraging. I am imbibing, if you will. I have a nice tall glass of the blueberry margarita piss? I was enjoying before. Oh, so not piss. Oh, not piss. Did it taste like piss? The margarita from Aldi, right? It is. It is, in fact, the Aldi margarita. Give me one margarita, I'ma open my leg. It's pretty good. I do enjoy it. I recommend it. I have not started yet, but I'm also prepared to smoke a glazed donut bubble hash infused pre-roll during this recording. I only know what some of those words mean. (laughs) I've made myself a mocktail on tonight's episode. It is... Uh, an NA version of my go-to drink at a bar, which most people find disgusting. Vodka, bitters, and soda. 
And that's it, and enough bitters to make it orange. So a lot of bitters. They never put enough in. I would just tell them, keep going, and they would look at me worried, like, this is the disgusting amount of bitters. I'm like, no, it's not. And then when they're finally about to throw up from the amount of bitters is in it, that's when it's good. I want it to be dark. So I basically just made that, but without the vodka. So it's just club soda and bitters is what I'm drinking. So still highly alcoholic, but not. Less alcohol than it's going to be when you use mouthwash at night. That's fair. Yeah, I know it's a weird drink, but I love it. And I had a big heavy dinner, and this is a nice little aperitif to help my digestion. It's not. I just like it, but... <laughs> I enjoy bitters. I mean, you don't have to tell me I'm not huge on vodka, but bitters are bitters are great. Yep, 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 yes they are. Whoa, hello. I didn't mean to turn the video on. Well, hello. Hello. Uh, how do I... I figured it out. Okay. Well, welcome back, everybody. Austin just saw my face naked. I did. Um, whole naked face right terrifying. there. <laughs> And do you have any sack soup seasoning? Sack soup seasoning. I hate soup. It's the wettest of foods. Yes, I have a coconut bath bomb donated by my lovely coworker Stephanie. Oh, that sounds lovely. And you? It's a repeat because I have a huge box of these holiday ones. We are going again with the Fala Lama Vanilla Sugar Scented Bath Fizz. But because I got real wrinkly last time when I used this one, I also added in some Ultra Epsom Lavender Salt. Ooh, ultra Epsom. Goes. I don't know what makes it Ultra Epsom. I mean, it's, it's all the same kind of fancy, weird magnesium salt. Like, I don't understand how that could be more salt than salt, but... Oh, it's more salt than salt, my man. More yeah, salt like than MSG. fucking salt. Yeah. <clears throat> this bathtub has more MSG than a Chinese restaurant. I hate when Chinese restaurants say no MSG. That's bullshit. MSG is so good. It's in like Doritos. That's what makes Doritos good, you guys. If you don't think you like MSG, it's in like everything you eat. It's just because of some one racist letter to the editor from Britain like 20 years ago that people think it's bad for you and associate with Chinese restaurants. MSG is so good. One hour later. If they took MSG out of food, all snack food would be so disgusting. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not like things that are in snack foods are good for you. I mean, they're not advertising that they don't have MSG because, you know, they think that it tastes bad. Two hours later. Eat your MSG. It's delicious. But tonight... We're eating justice. I'm fucking it, too. <laughs> at, at the same time, we're getting kinky. You're eating and fucking justice. Too spicy, too spicy. Eating and fucking justice while listening to... NPR. Of course. Wait, wait, don't tell me. That is a good fucking night. <clears throat> I mean, have you ever fucked to NPR? It's a different experience. But tonight we have The Tick Season 1, Episode 6, The Big Leagues. We open in the diner, as is customary, and Arthur is looking through junk mail. He's just going through the mail. Batman well we find out is got a real thing against airline mileage plans. He <laughs> so, hates them. He, yes, he does make a comment. I think he calls bonus miles bone us miles. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how serious I take Batman well. He's making a lot of very uh, 
I don't know, not degrading, but kind of depreciating self-centered jokes that he claims is just riffing on the junk mail. And maybe it is that, you know, I say things that I don't mean just out of comedy, but Captain Liberty's sick of it. She's like, shut the fuck up, Batman well. She acts like that, but did you notice how close together they're sitting in this scene? They're like on top of each other. It what was are they weird. not? There's no like will they, won't like, they with them. They're just two people who have a love-hate relationship and it fuck. It was awkward, like, not in, like, a, I wonder if they're going to fuck. Like, an awkward, like, it looked uncomfortable. <laughs> like, uh, I might have to go back and watch that one. But they're going through, uh, the Tick thinks he sees something that's addressed to him because it is reflective and he can see himself in it. It actually is addressed to him. I wasn't sure. <laughs> I think it ends up being for him and Arthur, but I'm pretty sure he only thinks it's for him because he can see himself in the reflective silvery letter. I think you may be correct about that. I did pause it though, and it's very hard to read the envelope, but I'm pretty positive it's addressed to the tick and occupant. That's great. They open it up and there's an invitation and it is on clear plexiglass. And I got to say, this is a cool looking invitation. Like the next time I have to invite somebody to something fancy, I might do this. It's a good look. It's like etched onto glass. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like is etched glass. Which is so classy, but it's a terrible thing to send in the mail. Right, in an envelope, like not even what seems to be a very padded one. There's nothing there. Just raw dogging your glass, no lube or anything. I know from experience that doesn't work well. No. KY brand intense. Scientifically proven to make that big moment feel even bigger. <laughs> it turns out it is an invitation to, what is it, a League of Superheroes? Yes. I didn't actually write down what the group's name was. I feel really stupid. <laughs> They're invited to the League of Superheroes. It's kind of like this comedy version of the Justice League. CL immediately starts talking about how notorious this group is for hiring no minorities or women. And as soon as I heard this and remember that this episode is from 2001, I was like, oh no, no, this could be bad. This might be the episode we have to skip if this goes a certain way, but it didn't. No, so it, was, it, was, it was safe. It was all good. <laughs> yeah, but there was a moment I was like, oh, this is, this is where the episode is going. This could be bad. There was a moment that tiptoed, but I think the framing of it all was good. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I think it's funny, too, if I am correct about the envelope being addressed to Tick and Occupant, that the etched glass is then addressed to the Tick and Sidekick. Which is great also because they never actually get his name right later in the episode, The League. It's always something wrong. That's correct. They don't call him the Moth ever, and they're also not calling him Arthur. Yeah. And then Arthur asks the Tick, because Arthur's very excited about this. He is pumped. I'm too pumped. Arthur asks the Tick if he had thought he'd ever be invited in the last million years to the League of Superheroes. And the Tick sits and thinks about it for a while. And he says, In the last million years... Twice. And I wanted to talk about this a little bit. On a previous episode, the Tick stated that he remembered making the Grand Canyon. I remember vaguely making the Grand Canyon. And now he has to think about in the last million years how often he thought about a certain thing. And he thinks about it. Is the Tick immortal? Is he like an immortal god? You know, if he is, he doesn't seem to know it, which is also interesting because there does seem to be some awareness there. This was my favorite line from this scene. I really enjoyed the delivery for one. You know, he's just like, in the last million years, twice. 
And just like to make it better, the scene cuts almost right after that, but you get just a moment to see Arthur's facial reaction and to this matter of a fact response, and it's it's so good. Yeah, it's like utter confusion. <laughs> the ticket at some point was a boat captain, and now we're learning that he's also possibly an immortal being. And maybe that's why he's so dumb. If you've been alive for many million years, you don't got enough a lot of space left up in there to think things through. So maybe that's why the tick is the way he is. I don't know. There's certainly something going on. Or nothing. There might be nothing going on. There, there. might. Then we get... Might be nothing, yep. <laughs> well, we get the opening credits or scene or whatever. Yep, opening credits roll, and then we go to the Hall of Heroes. Uh, they're in the lobby of the building for this League of Heroes. Mm-hmm. Tick and Arthur enter the hall. Arthur's expressing his gratitude to the Tick because he doesn't feel that this sort of opportunity would have been afforded him without their partnership. Tick reassures Arthur he's a real superhero and Tick is his cheerleader, basically. They approach an illuminated scroll on display in the middle of the room. And Arthur tells Tick it's the original League Manifesto. They say it's written on parchment from the bark of the Venusian Tree of Life. Tick wants to pick up the manifesto. Arthur tries to stop him. They rip the parchment multiple times before returning it to the stand. This is, I know, made out for comedy, but this is also crazy. This would be like if Congress had the Declaration or the Constitution just sitting in the lobby unprotected with no one around. Not it doesn't glass, make any sense. No security. Absolutely. I, I had the same thought. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> And what is Venusian? I know, like, Venetian is from Venice. I don't know what Venusian is. I, I don't think it's anything. I think it's just just making Venetian something else. Again, I thought the same thing also. Venusian, relating to or characteristic of the planet Venus. But Arthur's freaking out. The tick's like, oh, we can fix it with tape. Tape is great. And somebody starts walking towards them, so they hurriedly put it back on the stand and act like nothing's going on. And this bugged me. This, this There's one line, and it didn't bug me till the second time I watched it for a specific reason. But this is when Arthur says, oh, it's the champion. He's coming. But he says it really quick under his breath. They don't say the champion's name again until almost the end of the episode. I didn't catch it the first time watching it, so I just thought they never said what his superhero name was. There's no way. I feel like they say the champions so fucking much in this episode. Not till really far in, because after this scene, I kept waiting for them to say it. And it's not till, like, way later. Weird. So, yeah, <laughs> regardless, they are they are approached by this person that is the champion. We won't let you miss his name here. He's the president Apparently, of the league. My body also got really angry about that. I just got a notification on my watch that my heart rate is too high. <laughs> <laughs> you okay over there, bud? Quick! What's the number for 9 This happens most of these episodes. It's because I'm in the hot water, so my heart rate starts going up. Fair enough. Since I've done this before, so you get an idea of what the champion looks like, literally think Superman here. I know we've referenced Superman multiple times as a reference point for these other heroes. A lot of them are very much based on this super powerful OP kind of superhero person that they've used as side people now or features i guess but this one really is a superman copy like mm -hmm. down to the hair the whole i'm gonna wear a suit and glasses and no one recognizes me now he's got even like the like you said the hair he's got that little like the curl little curl yeah yeah but he's in costume right now he's in a red suit very much a superman build and aesthetic like i said silver cape and a big c on his chest that looks like it's made from american cheese 
I didn't catch that, but I can see why you would think that. Champion shakes both of It is. It's super corny. The C is super corny, especially. Champion shakes both their hands. Arthur's hand cracks, and he lets out a yelp because, you know, showing that Arthur's weak and Champion's strong. But Champion has the same thing happen to him shaking Tick's hand. Yeah, I thought that was great. They then gets a little tour of the facility and the president of the league, the champion. Most of my notes say the president of the league because I didn't know what his name was, so I might say that. <laughs> is showing them around. And CL was right. It is all white dudes in this place. And it's kind of described as like a local community center for these these dudes where there's like pool tables and people are smoking cigars and having martinis. It's pretty waspy. It's, it's like a lodge club. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Uh, they are talking to the president then after stopping in this lodge area. And my favorite line for the episode is here. And I might just go ahead and say it. It's, I, I had to pause. I was laughing so hard at this. The president says that they are very discriminating, inviting only the cream and the dick pauses and looks at him and responds. And the cream is white. <laughs> yeah, that it's one like, That one was a really good one. I, I, I definitely pulled that sample when we went oh through. Oh, my. It, it's like so, I didn't expect them to just go there with the joke, and I appreciate it so hard. Like, they they weren't holding back blows in this in the best way. No, it's not our, cringy or weird. It's just really funny. And Arthur's right on top of it, feeling uncomfortable, recognizing that, like, that has a double meaning. And Tick may mean it literally, but it's implying more. And he also just said the quiet thing out loud. Right. But, yeah, I have written down Arthur really, really wants to join this. He is just grasping at the bit, wanting to get in. This the, is a really yeah. big deal to him. It's also worth mentioning, I didn't actually think of it until you brought up that and the cream is white line. But in that opening diner scene, when Captain Liberty says that they don't let in women or minorities, the tick says, Ooh, so it's a special place. I didn't get that. I heard it. I, I don't understand what, what the joke was. I'm, I'm not 100% either, but I think <laughs> it's you bring it up? <laughs> very interesting. Because I, I, it was definitely, it was definitely a, joke, a joke, and I think it's... Sort. I think it's worth looking at because I wonder if it's the tick understanding that it's taboo or if it's the tick not understanding. I don't know. Yeah, I thought about that for a while. I was like, I know they're trying to make a joke here. I don't know what it is. Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah. he definitely has some very strange reactions and strange timings to things that are purposefully just we're making the tick weird. But I'm not sure here. Yeah, they were definitely going for something. I, I couldn't figure it out. The president then says, okay, great, cool, whatever. I'll look past that weird line and come back at 10 tonight. And they're like, cool, gravy. 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 <laughs> gravy. <laughs> and then we cut to CL and BM at the lawyer's office. Yes, the law office of Chesterfield, Filbert, Bingham, and Chase. I was like, there's got to be a joke here. I think I figured it out. It's right at the end scene. I was going to talk about that. Okay. Unless okay. you caught another joke within that name. I didn't catch one. I was kind of okay. looking, but I didn't catch one. There's a good one. But this is BM's lawyer. I also started, like, I wrote Captain Liberty as CL. I realized I could just shorten Batman well to BM, and it's made my note-taking way faster. And it's funny because it's about farts. <laughs> 
But BM Literally. is describing to CL that this is his lawyer, and she's like, why do you need a lawyer? And he says... Well, for instance, I'm suing the makers of my codpiece. was improperly fitted, causing severe shooting pains in my groin. Ouch. And I thought this was going to be a joke. I mean, it kind of is, but... I liked this moment because CL is just kind of like genuinely like, ow, that sounds terrible. And he's like, it is. There was no like laughy, like, ah, your dick hurts or like, oh, your godpiece is too small. It was like, oh, that sucks. Yeah, it does. It was a cool little moment between them. I really liked that. Yeah, Batman well definitely got the better line here. They didn't go for the dig with Captain Liberty. She did just respond with ouch. But his response was, yes, an ouch that will cost them seven figures. Well, not that you can put a dollar amount on Batmanuel's groin area. <laughs> I mean, there's a little jokiness, but like, especially the second time watching through, I was watching CL's face. It's like genuine empathy throughout. For sure. Which I, that, that's cool. That was a cool response. Yeah, no, for sure. And from there, a woman retrieves Captain Liberty to go into Steve Filbert's office, and we're clued in that Batmanuel is uh, not overly welcome there. I didn't get that vibe. Uh, oh, yeah, from the assistant. Yes. In Mr. Filbert's office, Captain Liberty and Batman Well and Mr. Filbert, who we can recognize is the champion, but they do not know. Captain Liberty presents her case, and basically Mr. Filbert, Steve here, they gets defensive about the League and their sexist, misogynistic practices with increasingly offensive statements. Yeah, he and hates women. Absolutely does. And Captain Liberty is, you know, getting rightfully offended and the lawyer keeps responding, this is what they're going to say. You got to be ready for how ruthless the league's going to be when they sick their legal team on you. Yep, and uh, CL and BM are just like, oh, uh, see, he's a good lawyer. That's that's good. I like this. Yeah, Captain Liberty's kind of like, I, I don't know about this. And Batman Wells like, this fucking guy, see, this is the guy. <laughs> There's a cool fade, though, because it's like after this just rant about how shitty women are, basically, it's a center shot on President Cream's face and it fades to then him. But in like a Masonic demonic ritual situation, who robs fish of their sight, who rigged every Oscar night, we do. And the assumption is now we're at the the cream club late at night and they are they're getting initiated. President fucking cream. <laughs> That's Jesus what Christ. I had him written down starting here because again I didn't know what his name was. Oh my god. <laughs> oh fuck. Oh, that's good. <laughs> So yeah, Dick and Arthur take the oath of the, the League of Cream Heroes here, and uh, this oath is to be followed by a ritual thousand paddlings. That's a paddling. Arthur's knocked down with the first hit, and the two paddlers take turns on the tick, who's completely unfazed. Yeah, this is very much a boys club-esque, like, fraternity situation. They literally have paddles that have, like, runes on them, like, yep. you would get... For that, my question was: I know thousand was said as like a comedy thing, like oh they're gonna get spanked a thousand times. That's a lot. Are That's they lot. all just going to stand there quietly and watch as they get spanked a thousand times? Because that would be hours. Yeah, I, I had the same thought. That is a lot. 
When they said that though, before they started the paddling, I was really hoping that when they started paddling, it wouldn't be slow, but be like, it's like comically quick. Uh, but they don't. They actually do it very slow. It's slower than I could have even imagined. So they, they're probably going to be there all night watching these two men get spanked on the tush. I, if that's what you're into, I guess. Yep, again, this episode is a no-kink-shaming zone. Long-form, male-on-male paddle spanking. You know, tonight on 104.4 The Tub, we have two men getting their asses railed by men in robes, if that is what you're into. If you're looking for the non-robes, skip over a couple channels. Find my buddy Steve. Steve! Yeah, you find the non-robes on our sister channel, 97.6, The Pants. (laughs) (laughs) This is a weird episode. (laughs) So back in the diner room, Captain Liberty is questioning her objectivity in regards to pursuing the lawsuit. Batman well is reassuring and encouraging her. There was a good line here from BM because CL is like, I don't, I don't know. He, the lawyer had some good points. I may not be tough enough for the league. Maybe that's why they let me in. And BM looks her dead in the eyes, like straight face, not making a joke and said, are you capable of kicking Arthur's doughy white behind? And she responds, yes. And then he's like, well, then you're good enough to get into the league, which I thought it was really funny. This, this episode felt very current in a weird way about how just comfortable they were with making these non-inappropriate, not race jokes, but like jokes about racism. Like it was great in like kind of a refreshing way that even some modern shows fuck up. Sexism, you mean? And racism. Well, I mean, yeah, to a lesser degree, but not really in this case, but yes, they do make points about it in the episode as well. I was just saying that because the line mentions his doughy white behind. Fair enough. And now we've made it awkward. Now it's weird. So Arthur and the tick come in. It's just, you know, making it weird here. Not that podcasting from the tub with your best friend isn't not weird. Yeah, I mean, I've got a doughy white behind. I'm just saying. Yeah, mine's pretty doughy as well. So Arthur and the tick enter. Not my doughy white behind, but the diner booth. They are kind of waddling a little bit, which I thought was funny. It doesn't get mentioned, but they are a bit uncomfortably stiffly walking after getting their thousand swaddles. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Paddles? Paddles, that's the word. So Captain Liberty asks them about the League. Arthur says it's like a dream come true. And the Tick says... A bit hiney centric for my taste, but they gave us these wicked cool rings. Oh, that's so nice for you. Get the pinky rings. <laughs> I thought that was cute. And then the wicked cool rings start ringing. Yes, they do. They look like comically large Super Bowl rings, but they're not like techie or anything. It was kind of a cool little touch. I don't know. I it was like, you know what? If it weren't for how shitty of an organization it is, I like the invitation and the ring. Yeah, Everything else about the group's shitty. They've got good swag. Yeah. Captain Liberty announces that she's suing the League at this point, and Arthur says good luck with that, and him and the Tick leave. Captain Liberty signs her lawsuit document. We jump to the Hall of Heroes locker room, where the champion is getting changed with some other superheroes around him also getting changed. They never mention if there is even a women's locker room. I was waiting for some kind of joke about that. Like, oh, that place, no one's been in there in years kind of thing. Like, just offhanded, but they never say anything. No, they never built that shit. No, 
and I didn't even think about it. There's all dicks and tushes, all Johnsons and behinds. There's only one rule of a sausage party. That's all they need. No women allowed. It's like Balls a prison. And butts. Male prison. So, <laughs> so the champion's venting aggressively about the case that Captain Liberty wants to bring against the league as he because changed. she knows he's got she has a chance. He literally says like I think this has some merit. Right. I mean, like he's the president of the league. He knows that they're waspy pieces of shit that are keeping everyone except for them out. Anyway, he's changing into his Steve Filbert attire, Lawyer Filbert. He says, Any other lawyer would jump at the chance to drag us through the mud. My God, he turned this place into a mess of girls faster than you could say feminazi. You want that to happen? Oh, do you? Yeah. So yeah, if we hadn't made it perfectly clear that the champion hates women, the champion hates women. A lot. Arthur and the Tick come in looking for the champion. Now, this is my favorite gag from the show. Really? And I thought this was corny. Like, it's not in a funny way. <laughs> it's corny, but I enjoy it, and it adds to the depth of the yeah, Tick's understanding of reality. It's, Explain this joke the in tick, a funny way. The Tick is unable to see through Champ's disguise. When Champ is Steve Filbert, he only sees this person that he's never met before who is Steve Filbert. When he takes his glasses off, he can be wearing a suit, but when he takes his glasses off, then he sees the champ immediately. <laughs> now, every other person would, you know, put that together that, oh, oh, you're the same person. No, no, no. The champion just up and fucking disappears. And, yeah, the and there's another person there. Yeah, there's <laughs> another person there. And the tick's like, who the fuck are you? Like, <laughs> Though there is a funny return to this at the very end. That is funny. There is. There's, there's, a great, there's a great payoff to this, even if this was a little too uh, on the nose. There is a great line by the tick here, though, that I wrote down because BM is like, oh, don't worry about our friend. She can be a little headstrong. Wait, no, not BM, Arthur. Arthur says that. She can be a little headstrong. Actually, I had a different word in mind. Footstrong. <laughs> it's just a simple dumb line, but I thought it was funny. It was funny, and it wasn't even like a question. It was, he, he almost seemed sure foot of strong. it. Footstrong. He was just like, footstrong. <laughs> maybe no, that's I, the tick's thing. Maybe he's into feet. Maybe, maybe. I definitely enjoyed that line. Now that you understand the joke, they come up to him and they're having a conversation once... Steve takes his glasses off, becoming the champion, and he discloses Captain Liberty's lawsuit to Arthur and the Tick. At that point, the champion returns his glasses to his face because, you know, that would be normal. A normal person would be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm talking to the same person here. And the Tick is like, there you are, you sneak. Look, this place is for <laughs> leaguesmen only. The champ pulls his glasses off real quick. And immediately, the Tick is like, Champion, short time, no see. He takes his glasses back off again, and he gives the Tick and Arthur their first official mission, mm -hmm. and it's to convince Captain Liberty she simply isn't up to snuff, so she drops the lawsuit. Arthur begins to, you know, have a rebuttal to this, but as he starts talking, the champ puts his glasses back on, and the Tick goes, Look, fella, this is the last time I'm going to... And he pulls his glasses off. Ah, oh, we'll talk to you later, champ. <laughs> yeah, it's just immediate. We then cut to what may be the strangest scene that has happened in this show yet. <laughs> but I laughed so for hard. For sure, for sure. We, <laughs> we cut to Arthur and the Tick are then in an elevator going up, and they're just kind of talking back and forth, and a song starts playing on the radio, and they just start singing it at, like, full 
singing volume. And then it ends, and they're like, oh, yeah, that was, was kind of weird. And they walk off, and there's no payoff to the joke other than that that's what it was. And I, I was laughing so hard when they just walk into the next scene. Like, what what, what was that? <laughs> okay, so it was great, and I'll give a little context to our audience. There, I need some context. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll give you a little context. So they're in, they're in the elevator, and the tick says, why don't we just ask Liberty to join the league? So, I mean, he obviously, you know, doesn't understand what's going on here to some degree, even though it's, I swear it seems like he does in this episode a little bit. And Arthur's commiserating that he shares, you know, this discomfort with their task, but he's reinforcing the importance of their acceptance by the League because, you know, this is such a big deal to him. And the Tick says... It's just not friendly, chum. Yeah, so he really, you know, he's, he's not all about the League. He's really doing this for yeah. Arthur. Yeah, he's um, been iffy. But both of them notice that a Muzak version of The Way We Were is playing in the elevator. And as you said, they both start to sing along, and they do so until the end of the song, at which point their elevator ride ends and they move on to the next scene. But I think it's so odd that that song specifically would strike such a chord with them. I know it's a frequently used song for sitcoms. I don't know the song. Okay, so it's a frequently used song for sitcoms for clip show episodes, episodes reminiscing about the past and where they came from, or episodes with background story, you know, flashback episodes and things like that. It's just one of those songs that's reminiscing about the time between two people, a relationship, basically. That still doesn't make any sense why that would be the song. <laughs> it, it does. It's fitting of how things have changed and how they were uncomfortable okay, yeah, with I this, and it's, it's meant to be... Oh, yeah, the, the way things it's were with the two of us so and Batman Mile and Captain Liberty. But it's so, it is, it's absolutely so strange that both of them just get sucked into the song and start singing it, and it ends, and they're like, huh, yeah. Okay, like, yeah, whatever. So. <laughs> I know we're going to talk about it when we're done with this season, but right now, this might be my number one favorite scene of the season so far because it's just it is just so bizarre but so funny it is hilarious <laughs> it, it's a weird one for sure because it adds no context to anything no just <laughs> it's a, just a weird thing that happens it's a very strange way to show a very general sense of I hope this comes feeling. back, this joke form of just bizarre things like this I know there's been moments of it like hints of just complete absurd humor in like the artsy absurdist sense, but this just took it to another level. And I really hope that, that they continue that because that's my favorite shit in this show. Yeah, I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. I loved this scene as well, to be honest. We end with them obviously arriving to Captain Liberty's apartment and uh, Captain Liberty's smashing walnuts with a bomb. She's literally crushing nuts as they walk in. Bust your nuts. Get some. With a bomb. I thought it was a bowling pin. It's not. Because I also thought, that's weird. Why does she have a bowling pin or like a juggling pin? And then they zoomed out and I was like, oh no, those are wings on the tail. That's a fucking bomb. That makes more sense, but that's where we're, that's where we're at. Yeah. 
they basically go back and forth. She's like, why are you guys here? Is it just to convince me to stop this? She basically knows what's up, why they're just showing up and acting awkward. The first <laughs> thing she says is that if you're here to get me to drop the lawsuit, you can just turn around. Yeah, and Arthur's like, no, we're, we're just here. But if that comes up, it might be something we talk about. And she's like, well, you guys got like a whole bunch going on in your life. And the tick is, well... We saw a bunch of ants eating a grape outside, which, you know what? Every time I see that kind of thing, like when you see like a whole bunch of ants, like hundreds around like one thing, I also have to stop and watch for a little bit. I get it, Tick. I also get it. I do very much enjoy his response because they're 100% beating around the bush. And Arthur's being a little bit more direct. She says, then if you're not here to get me to drop the lawsuit, and he says, not primarily. I mean, if it comes up in the course of the conversation, we might, you know... Tell you to back off and that you're not up to lead caliber. And yeah, she gets defensive. He's like, that's not what's happening at all. Yeah, I love it. That's... She says, well, then what is happening? (laughs) And the tick, like you said... Oh, well, you know, all kinds of stuff. Saw a hundred ants eating a grape just outside your front door. It's almost like your grandpa or something. It's like, oh man, I saw these ants eating this grape outside your door. You could go see this. Like, I don't know. I saw. I thought of it more of as like we talked about before, like a like a dog. He's like a golden retriever. A dog would be so pumped to tell his owner about that. I, f- I fucking saw a dead squirrel. Like we have a puppy. And he saw a possum last night, and that's exactly how he was acting. Like, and that's the tick for sure. But. CL basically says, if you guys were my friends, you wouldn't betray us. <laughs> and then the tick responds, Captain Liberty, we are your friends, even though we're betraying you. Great line. I, I wrote that down as a distant runner-up for a favorite line, but that was a good one. Nothing else is said. It ends there. We then cut to late at night. We are on a rooftop, rooftop with Aunt... Oh, Ant-Man. I'm Ant-Man. What the fuck? <laughs> we were talking about ants. <laughs> but it's Arthur and the Tick, and the Prez shows up. He drops in, asking what they're doing. They respond. They're doing their nightly... What's the word? Patrol. Uh, patrol. They're on their nightly patrol for crime, and he goes on this big spiel about uh, petty crime is beneath you now. There's no aliens. There's no battle buses. There's nothing serious going on. So you guys don't have to patrol. Leave petty crime to the lower superheroes or the cops. Yep. But as we know, the cops don't do anything other than give tickets in this town. This really rubs the tick the wrong way. This starts the tick to not like the league even more so. But a crime starts happening down on the street. And Perez basically says, like, hey, don't go. And the criminal gets away. He says, this kind of thing doesn't look good for leaguesmen. Frankly, it's beneath us. The tick, I think understanding this one, but taking it literally and saying, yes. And he's running away as we speak. (laughs) Come on, man. Beneath him. (laughs) I thought that was a fun joke. Yeah. And then the champion says, you know, our mere presence acts as a deterrent. I want you to think of us precisely as you would nuclear weapons. What, you mean we sit around, do nothing, and scare everybody? Exactly. Then their wicked cool rings start ringing. It's for martinis at the club. Welcome, martini. Shaken, not stirred. I would love a scene of the Tick trying a martini, or even Arthur. I can't imagine either of them enjoying that drink. No, they're just smoking cigars. Not the Tick, just Arthur. The Tick has a cigar. It was lit. Does he? Yeah, Mm mm-hmm. 
I was looking for it. Maybe I didn't see that. But yeah, yeah. before we get there, we have another scene because we are back at the cafe late at night. CL is basically having a union meeting or a class action meeting of all minorities and women to get in on this lawsuit. He was more than a hero. He was a union man. Can you make any like regular lawsuit into a class action? Is that a thing you can do? I do not know. I can't imagine we have any lawyers listening, but if we do, I was curious about that. Tell me about lawsuits, please, without bringing one upon me. And you don't have to be in the bath when you tell us. It's a bonus. It helps if you you. are. We'll understand better. Yeah, I only understand things with my Johnson out. In water. With your Johnson or Lady Bits out in water. Yeah. (laughs) Captain Liberty is signing up superheroes that were discriminated against by the League for her now class action lawsuit during which Batman Well takes a call regarding a settlement for the case. Yes, and he he's into it. It's apparently a lot of money. Yep, he's encouraging her to take it, specifically to buy a large house for the two of them and to form an all-female league that will live in said house with the two of them. Captain Liberty, however, does not want to take the money and sell out uh, and let down the superheroes that she's just met. She in fact, says that she'll be just as bad as Arthur and the Tick and the rest of them, to which Batman well responds, since when is it a competition? You know, and I I kind of got the vibe that if she hadn't brought these other people into it, she may have taken it and maybe not the house full of women, but followed BM's idea of forming her own, but she really stresses the point, no, now this is a group thing, this affects more than just me, and that's why I won't take it. I think if that weren't the case, if it was still a singular lawsuit instead of a class action, she may have taken the settlement money. I think you're probably right. It it sounded like it was a good figure, it sounded like it would have done well, you know, it doesn't change the issue, but but I agree, I think Mm. she would have definitely been more open and considered yep. it a lot further if she wasn't in the position where other people were now depending on her. We then cut back to Vanilla Tapioca Club where everyone is smoking cigars, getting drunk, joking. Arthur's having a great time. Arthur is loving life. I think you mean Abner. Yeah, they keep calling him Abner. You are correct. <laughs> We didn't address this, but this starts when they meet the champion in the lobby of the hall for the first time. He comes up to them, and when he shakes Arthur's hand, he says, you must be Abner. And that is the only time that Arthur corrects any of them. Right. And now he's at the club talking to a bunch of other old white superheroes who are also calling him Abner. They're asking him if he's ever been to Mars. He's like, no, but I don't think I'd want to go because it's dusty and red, and they just think that is the funniest shit they have ever heard. Yeah, there is no joke. He is just trying to fake his way through this conversation that he is out of his league for, and they're eating it up. They think it's hilarious. There's no comedy there, but it's great. The camera moves back through the room, and we see the tick, and he is just stewing by himself. He is mad. He is angry that this criminal got away. They didn't catch him. Yep. And he does have a cigar here. If you go back and look, he does have a cigar here. Yeah, I didn't see that. But yeah, he is still thinking about the criminal that they did not catch earlier. 
at uh, which point he approaches the champion who is flipping through live security footage from around the city and the tick sees the criminal that they let escape breaking into a car and he calls everyone's attention to the screen when he sees this. You missed a great line, though, that the tick makes before they start talking about the security camera. Somewhere in the city, that petty criminal is laughing at us, rolling in his ill-gotten booty. And he shouldn't laugh, because we stick. Smells like everybody's smoking feet. After saying that to the champion, then they start talking about the footage. Fair enough. They see the criminal breaking into a car, and on the screen then... What? 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 Is he breaking into it? It kind of looks like he's just fucking the window. Well, <laughs> if you... Okay, so apparently fucking the window means that you're half through the back window of whatever this car is. But he's basically, like across the windowsill. Basically what, what we see is a back window that is either broken or I hope down. Otherwise this fucker's getting cut to shit probably. And he's basically half in half out of it his waist is across the door window sill and his legs are hanging out his torso's in and his johnson's in the window uh, maybe possibly he might be in the gas tank actually you might be right he might be fucking the car so batman well what, what is that subreddit that's like dragons fucking cars i, I don't know i don't know he <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one it's just people drawing dragons fucking cars Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> and you thought my hard drives were bad people. So... I don't think anyone actually gets off to it. It's just like a funny joke about, like, Rule 34 shit on Reddit, how, like, bizarre the porn gets. So this became, like, just a funny one that people, like, make jokes about. President Cream, someone's jerking off to it. Rule 34. Probably this criminal. <laughs> so... It, it's this he... I'm not even going to go there. So, Batman well, not fucking any cars, also not a dragon. Not that we see. And you know what else? You know what else? You're, you're a girl dragon. Batman well approaches the criminal on the video, and the League, unfortunately, witnesses him getting bested by said criminal. Yeah. Tick and Arthur are genuinely concerned for their friend, while the rest of the League joke at Batmanwell's expense. At which point, Arthur finally actually stands up to the League's men and throws his ring at the champion. Tick does the same and <laughs> says he's glad they ripped their parchment. Yeah. And uh, Arthur wishes Tick didn't say this. He kind of stumbles over saying it was an accident before uh, simply saying tape is good and running off. The Declaration of Independence. I'm surprised they didn't notice because it's literally in front of the front doors. It was quite ripped. It was quite yes. ripped. We then cut back to the lawyer's office. Tick and Arthur are there and CL and BM walk in. Captain Loder is like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you're not convincing me to, to stop this shit. Arthur's like, no, 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 no. We're here to be on your side now. We've made a mistake. We're back. We're here. In this scene is where the name pays off in the background. At some point, they show Captain Liberty talking, and where she is standing makes the letters in the background just say bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's not referring to her because it cuts to that scene right when when the champion walks in the door. So the joke was it's calling him the bitch. That's which great. Which isn't, I mean, it's just, that's a little, it's still a pretty misogynistic joke, but at least 
there was some payoff to that, and it's degrading to the misogynistic asshole. It's a little spicy, but I like it. Yeah, it was really funny, and it's not even like it's done really well because it's not B I T C H. It's a different letter instead of the T, but the way they have her framed, it makes it into a T. Nice. <laughs> They're talking, and then, like I said, the champion runs in, and he sees them. He's like, "Oh shit!" and tries to run. Yes, basically. Steve Filbert exits the elevator and Arthur recognizes him and ousts him immediately as the champion while the tick tries to piece together why Steve looks so familiar. Something familiar about that twitchy barrister. And Captain Liberty and Batman Will don't realize what Arthur is trying to say about their lawyer and they're defending lawyer Steve here. And this is, I wrote it down, this is literally the next time in the episode, other than the very first scene when they walk into the league, that they say that his name is the champion. They have not said the champion since the first time seeing him. That feels wrong to me, but without watching it, I can't can't support (laughs) my claims here. So the tick realizes then that Their lawyer is the spy, as he thought, from the league locker room and begins his own confrontation. And during all of this, did you notice that the serial podcast music came back? They do it again. It's the same track that they used when they were trying to figure out Tick's identity. And it's, if anything, even more so. It is, it's, it is, it's 20 years early, but it's, it's the same notes on a piano played the same way. (laughs) Weird. No, I didn't catch it. So at this point, after the tick has confronted him, everyone sees Steve as the champion now. And they're Um, pissed. Yeah, they're mad. During the conflict, Steve throws his glasses off. I think it's supposed to look like they get knocked off, but he definitely throws them off. The tick then sees the champion for a few seconds before he puts his glasses back on. But one of the best parts of this, my favorite parts of this scene, is the odd sandwich vendor... I was going to say... He comes in and he says something like, everyone's basically saying, oh, you know, you are the champion. I never saw it. I can't believe I never saw it. But, like, the fuck you aren't this guy. And this odd sandwich vendor just (laughs) is in the office. He's like... Five years of selling this guy tuna sandwiches, I never noticed. Tom, buddy, I'm not the champion. (laughs) The hell you're not. I, like, I don't understand why they're all so angry. There's one lawyer in the office who's like, we've lost so much money because of you. I was guessing because like the champion like destroyed shit or whatever while saving the world from aliens or some bullshit. But like, why is that your reaction? That'd be like if Clark Kent was suddenly like, I'm Superman and everyone started beating him up because of it. It didn't make any sense. Like, fuck you for being Superman. Why didn't I know? (laughs) I was so confused. (laughs) Yeah. The sandwich man was my favorite part. The lawyer, (laughs) I assume the other partner, one of the other partners that is upset about not knowing and the business he's lost because of him for probably various reasons. He begins attacking him and ripping his suit. And like like you said, everyone else joins in Mm -hmm. uh, until Steve is left standing there with his costume exposed, unable to further deny his identity, at which point he offers to double and then triple the settlement to Captain Liberty. Yeah, but they're they're not taking it. The jig is up. I mean, they take the triple settlement. They just don't get the triple settlement, which we learn in the next scene immediately. No, I don't think they settle, do they? It's not that they settled. It was... Let's just say they then cut 
to the rooftop. We're having another late night bonfire on the rooftop again. Weird, weird thing to do, but I kind of dig it. Yeah, they're but making s'mores. I, I thought they said that they won the lawsuit, but because the league declared Chapter 11, they weren't getting any of the money. I mean, maybe they settled, but that's not how I took it. I took it that the suit completed and you know the league lost, but because they declared bankruptcy, they no one would get any money. No, so I, I only because I have some of the dialogue here. The uh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. What happened is he said double the settlement, and they, you know, didn't really respond to that. And he said fine, triple it. And Captain Liberty was like, "You guys want to go get dinner?" It's my money, and I need it now. It's your money. Use it when you need it. She was accepting the tripled settlement. And then, yeah, we go to the rooftop where they're making s'mores and discussing the fact that the League has filed for bankruptcy, which means that they don't have to pay the settlement, she says. But the League has moved offices and formed an LLC. So the League's still around, but we find out that President Cream has been outed. Yes, they are now the Superhero Company Limited Partnership with a new headquarter somewhere else. And this is a short scene, like not much else gets said. And No, it's a pretty short scene that oh. just leads to the best fucking part yeah. of this episode. Captain Liberty mentions the champion, which prompts the Tick to ask about the champion Steve situation that he still does not understand. So he says... Hold that phone, chum. Let's review. The superhero is... The champion. And the lawyer was... Steve. And how did they know each other? They're the same person. 21 Jump Street, now I'm completely lost. So Batman Will says, Tick, Steve Filbert are the champion of the same person. Tick, Steve Filbert and the champion are the same person. Great guns, the three of us, all crammed into the same snappy business suit. How do we do it? And Arthur tries to say, no, Tick, Steve Filbert and the champion are the same person. No, Tick, no. Steve Filbert and the champion are the same person. You're somebody else. I'm somebody else, too. And it's the last line of the whole episode, and I fucking love it. The tick goes, <laughs> I'm somebody else, too? All right, give me a hint. <laughs> that was much funnier than, at least personally, the previous scene, but that whole talk was great. Yeah, uh, and then so we, we, they go back to... Uh, scene during the credits. They can't make up their mind, Austin. It, they have no idea. They don't. Also, I, wish... I just realized we never said our names at the beginning. I'm Corey, and that's Austin. I'm... This is a weird time if you're just now hearing that, but I figured I'd say it. I'm Corey. This is Austin. No. <laughs> okay. What have we done? <laughs> I'm uh, yeah, the tick. There's, there's... Oh, no. The tick is here, too. <laughs> I think. He's crammed in this bathtub. Yeah, it's not the only cramming that's happened. No, there's been a lot of cramming and paddling. And is that my doughy white ass or is that Arthur's? <laughs> All right here on 104.4 The Tub. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I agree they can't make up their mind what to do with the end scenes. I honestly wish they would go back to what they were doing before. I prefer them to what they've done the last couple episodes. But just so everyone knows, what we have is simply an extended scene of 
the paddling with just the tick taking hits from the two other superheroes and being unfazed and just being like, so do you guys eat? Is this where we eat dinner? Like... The one thing I did like about this is it did answer the question I had about whether they were just going to stand around for hours watching this happen, and the answer is yes. Yep, they sure are. Did you like the episode? I did. I I liked this episode much more than the last episode, actually. That's so funny because I loved the last one, and I just felt pretty okay about this one. (laughs) I felt like this one lacked some of the dialogue that I've enjoyed in other episodes. There were some great comedy moments, but I felt like there weren't as many just great lines or compositions of words that the tick makes. Yeah. I literally wrote down there is a 10 out of 10 episode in this episode if they had made some writing and editing differences. Sure. I did very much enjoy the episode. I enjoyed the comedy. I enjoyed the story, the framing. I know I didn't feel... The best about the last episode, and I know that episodes have felt fairly different from one to the other uh, as we've gone through the first six now, but I was like, man, this was kind of just like, it went kind of quick, it was light, it was fun, I could watch this again, like, absolutely. And the second time watching through this, I think I figured out why this episode felt so different than the last few. And it's because it's not a tick-centered episode. He is a secondary character the entire time. There is not one scene where the tick is the main person hmm. that the scene is about. That's that's true. I didn't really look at it that way. I think you're right. It's less tick-centric for sure. I would also say, just from an editing standpoint and from a note-taking standpoint, there were less scenes overall there were less quick edits quick jumps so yeah yeah yeah. which i appreciate from a note-taking standpoint yeah that made things feel a little quicker on this end despite just the episode feeling a little more i don't know put together and cohesive and just Mm -hmm. a better flow overall so it didn't lag at any points It, it felt quick in some ways in its own regards Yeah, it definitely feels like they're getting their stride, like I mentioned in the last couple episodes, that the last few episodes have felt just so much more professional. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Including this one, you know, as a whole, compared to, like, how I enjoyed the episode, I was pretty lukewarm on this one. But in a way, I liked how the tick was secondary through the entire thing. It's This is building up the other characters in a great way. They've done some character work with BM and Arthur, Not in a little bit with CL, but not a ton. But this episode really builds them all and leaves the tick as just the guy who says funny lines sometimes. Right. I think the series always has been more Arthur-centric than tick-centric. I think think you're right. I think that's really how the story's framed and who's really being followed here. And even their dynamic, you know, they admit that about their own relationship to some degree. But... You're right, there is more focus on the tick and the tick's problems or something happening to the tick or how yeah. he's influencing things more than this one where we're just getting a general feeling of I don't like what's going on and mm-hmm. you know, I want to be doing something else, but yeah. I'm supporting my friend Arthur. Yeah. No, and in that way, I did really like this episode. I think this season in the show needed an episode like this to keep things fresh and to help build everyone else. 
And it still manages to further our confusion about what the fuck the Tick's backstory and existence is. Yes. Because a million years, he's thought about this twice and... In just the last million years. Just the last million. He didn't ask him... Yeah. That's right. There could be memories from the previous million, although I don't know Mm -hmm. how there's much at all with how little he understands what's in front of him and the possibility that he can be three people without knowing it. (laughs) Though, you know, he did also think he may have been living a quadruple life, so it's not out of the question. It's not out of the question, but boy, how do you interact with yourself on that level? So is there anything else you wanted to say before we wrap this beautiful baby up well i would rather we not talk about beautiful babies while we are both naked white men but we could be the beautiful babies okay then my cherub ass begs to differ but your big slippery sloppery whatever the shit we're calling it oh yeah we gotta talk about our, our our slippery sloppy or slip slop. I already said mine. My favorite line of the episode was the tick responding, and the cream is white. When talking about how discriminating they are and only get the cream. <laughs> and the cream is white. <laughs> I do. I He's like. just so on the nose. I love just, like I said, he's saying the quiet thing out loud. And I know that the tick's clueless, but I low key think. It's also him being clueless about social cues because he's already been told by CL that this is how the organization is. And I low-key took it as, yeah, everyone here is white, so the cream must be white. So, <laughs> And just for the setup, since you did mention the line before as well. We're very discriminating in who we invite to join our little group. Only the cream. Only the cream. My favorite line is actually... 21 Jump Street, now I'm completely lost. I just love that reference within this conversation. (laughs) It infers so much. Like, that, the Tick has watched that and knows that's something he does remember when he doesn't even remember his birthday. He understands being undercover. He understands undercover identities. He says 21 Jump Street. But this is in response to... Captain Liberty saying that the champion and Steve Filbert are the same person. Like, 21 Jump Street, I'm completely lost that they're the same person. (laughs) I I love it. I literally didn't take any notes on that whole discussion because I wrote down, Austin will talk about this joke. (laughs) It was so good. I knew as soon as this was happening, I was like, this is a thousand percent Austin. He loves these discussion lines. He's going to have this one. I literally don't have any notes on it. For that reason, I can show you my notes the next time we see you. We see you. Oh, God, it's happening to me, too. Next time we see each other. Oh, I can see you. Oh, no. Hit that video button, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Just for the listeners at home, for some reason, my phone during our conversations, because we do this on a Facebook call, like multiple times every call, it gives me a notification telling me that I need to turn my camera on. It's like, no, why? This doesn't, we use Facebook Messenger all the time to call each other, like when we play video games, but this is the only time that it's trying to force me to use the camera for some reason. We don't use video when we play games. No. <laughs> all right, Austin, do you want to hear about the next episode? Let's do it. 
So next episode is going to be season one, episode seven of The Tick. Apparently this is in 2002, so this must have been a season that crossed over New Year's. Yes, but it must is have. The Tick versus Justice. The Tick, Arthur, and Batman Will are all called to testify at the trial of an evil and intimidating supervillain. I think this will be great. Immediately, I'm thinking of the tick giving the eulogy at that funeral. I I'm hoping it's the same kind of vibes, him just saying really majestic sounding things that are nonsense in this courtroom. I'm super looking forward to this. I hope he's on the stand. Oh, uh, he will be whether he's called or not. I know for a fact he's probably (laughs) standing on the stand right on up there. Johnson out and everything. Uh, all right. Well, I think I'm, Gonna, I'm gonna drain this bath, get dried off. I'm only a little pruny this time. I think this ultra Epsom did work a little bit in my Fala La Llama bath bomb. Kept me smelling like vanilla sugar, I suppose. Very nice. But I think that's it on episode six of season one of The Tick. Until next time, everyone, go take a bath. You deserve it. You stink. No, you don't. I love you. Not. I mean, I, Austin, you're great. <laughs> I was more saying that I love our listeners, including the lawyers. Including the, the lawyers. pantsless lawyers that call us in bodies of water. And the lawyers who fuck cars. You guys can listen to. I don't Even know if you're dragons. I love you. No, and now if you're a dragon lawyer, I, I hope you listen. Let me know. We want to know specifically about our dragon listening demographics. I need to know about dragon law, okay? (laughs) What about bird law? That, too. I mean, if birds are dinosaurs, it's kind of the same thing. Okay, okay. Evolutionary bird law. I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah, it's prehistoric bird law. All right, so prehistoric bird lawyers, take your pants off. Let us know. Get in a bathtub. Give us a call.